So Luke chapter 7, verse 36. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and took his place at the table. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited Jesus saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she's a sinner. And Jesus answering said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, Say it, teacher. A certain moneylender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he cancelled the debt of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon answered, the one, I suppose, for whom he cancelled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she has wet my feet with tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she's not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Thank you so much, Inika. It's good. My notes. Okay. That story, it's so funny. Like, I, um, I've read that story a bunch of times, but I actually noticed a couple of things when Eniku was reading it. Maybe it was a different version. Really bad for, the, for Simon in that story. Like, he just missed the boat. He just completely missed the boat. Uh, I was, um, yeah, it just, I don't know, I've just, I haven't noticed that before, but he just, he had the Son of God sitting in front of him, and he's like, Nah, this might be a problem. Pray that that doesn't happen to you today. That uh, that Jesus is here with us, and I pray that you would behold Him, that you would interact with Him, and that um, some way through the uh, through my weak words that I may have put together, 
um, God can put his power through it. So um, this is the new year. Um, 2023 has begun. And you might think, oh, I might do the obligatory, you know, New Year's resolution kind of um, sermon. But, you know, I've heard a bunch of them and, you know, the truth is they never work. You, you won't ride more this year, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's get real. <laughs> but, but I wanted to, I, look, you know, surprise me. Please surprise me, you know. Um, but I wanted to talk about you good. Uh, but I wanted to help you um, just get rid of a little bit of baggage that might make that more difficult for you. Because... Going into a new year, yeah, you, you look forward, you, um, you know, you, you look at everything that's going to be happening and what you're going to try and do and what your plans are, but sometimes you don't realise that you are dragging a massive load into the new year um, that you don't need to, um, because uh, the topic that I wanted to explore today is forgiveness. Um, now, this is... <laughs> I felt God wanted me to preach on this, but then I used my brain and my um, SoundCloud account, and I realized that about four months ago, Bill preached on this exact topic in the um, Lord's Prayer series. And so I, I, I went through it, and I, I went back, to, and, uh, and I listened to that sermon a couple of times, and I was like, my goodness, he has absolutely nailed this. Like, what, what do I add to what Bill can say? Um, but then I noticed that um, obviously you can't, like forgiveness is such a massive topic, not even Bill could cover all of it in one sermon, because um, the fact of the matter is, um, yeah, everything that Bill covered was motivation to help us know why we should forgive people. Um, this is a quick recap of what he shared. Um, this is a few quotes. Forgiveness of sins is parallel with salvation. Illustration that Jesus used in the, uh, in the passage we just read. Because um, we owe a God a huge debt and we deserve punishment, but God clears out our debt through Jesus' death on the cross. Um, the next, uh, and we are very much like God when we forgive. Um, but if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. That is terrifying to me. Um, forgiveness is view it that... God forgiving us hinges on us forgiving people. That should make us sit up and listen. And Bill really illustrated that really well. Because our debt to God is like an elephant. And a lot of the time when people sin against us, that's like a little mouse. All right? And so is this ringing bells? Is this, is, is this coming back to you now? Yes? Good, good. Um, forgiveness, possibly you're not saved. That's another sobering thought. That's something that you really need to um, soberly assess yourself on because if you find that you are really holding on to bitterness then there is a possibility that that is a fruit of the fact that you're not saved that's another terrifying thought unfinished forgiveness puts a barrier between you and god and between you and others and unforgiveness is a mental and physical health hazard and it'll be torture for you um, and so bill put across a lot of really good reasons why we should forgive but I thought, you know what? How? Yes, it's a fantastic idea to forgive. Absolutely, we should do it. And it actually puts our salvation into question if we don't. But how? Has that ever, has that ever been a difficult question for you? How do you even forgive? Like, what do you do? Like, when someone has sinned against you so badly that it just burns itself into your mind, how do you forgive? If God is so black and white on this... 
he must have given us some clues on how we actually get it done. Because, you know, it might be just easy. Hey, forgive people. All right, microphone down, let's all go home. It's not that simple, is it? It's not. All right. So, and this is what I thought this, this iceberg thing was really good. Like knowing what to do is, yeah, just the tip of the iceberg. Knowing how to do something, that's where the rubber really hits the road. So I'm going to give you a bit of an overview, like I usually do. Usually. I've only preached twice, but like I usually do. Um, I'm going to make this about your body, your mind, and your spirit, because I believe that you're a trinity as well as God, and there are three parts to you, and they all matter. All right, so practically, mentally, and spiritually, these are the ways that you can actually go about getting forgiveness done. Okay, but before I do that, actually, I'll go back, go back. Oh, no, I said I wasn't going to go back. I said I wasn't going to go back. Sorry, Johan. All right, we'll leave it there. All right, before we do that, okay. It's actually like a little bit of a little bit of a more cruisy day today. I actually really like this. This feels like a little bit of a family barbecue. It's just a little bit intimate, a little bit uh, sort of all together. Um, there's not as many people here, so let's, well, I'm going to do something that I really like it when preachers do. All right, now at the end, I want everyone to get out their phone. Can you get out your phone, please? Take it out of your pocket. Get it out. That's all right. Have you got notes? That's all right. If you've got a piece of paper, <laughs> that will work too. All right, please get out your phone. Open up your phone. All right. Open up your SMS app. Okay. All right, cool. All right, now put that in the background. Go back to home. Open up your note-taking app. All right, because um, I guarantee you will probably go about, you know, forgetting everything I say today within the next couple of days. Guaranteed. Because life is busy, right? (laughs) Everything else happens. So take some notes, all right? I give you permission to be on your phone during this sermon. All right, take some notes. Okay. Now, I know you're not going to be watching YouTube. We'll hear it. Don't you worry. Unless you've got those cool earbud headphones. But the other thing I want you to do is I'm happy to take a question or two at the end. And you'll notice on the bottom of the screen down the bottom there, my phone number is there. My phone is on silent in my pocket. If, lo- if we're going along and you're like, oh, actually, I don't know if, that, if I can get that. Like, I don't really get it. Send me a text. I'm going to check it at the end of the sermon. Um, I won't tell you. If you're in my address book, I won't say who it's from. I'll keep the anonymous... Uh, message uh, unidentified but um, so yeah if you would like to clarify a a thing or two at the end I'm going to leave some time for that is that all right all right I'll try to anyway now um, we've just recapped what Bill said about forgiveness a few months ago but let's get into the nuts and bolts how do you actually go about forgiving people now how do you forgive people practically now I wanted to get all the kids up for this little part can I get all of you guys, kids? Hey, kids, down the back. Come down here. I've got a little uh, illustration for you. It might be a bit of fun. Watch out for that wet patch down there. All right. Don't, don't sit on the, uh, on the spilt water. Come down here, guys. All right. Now. Oh, I need... I, I, oh, don't sit on... The, don't sit. Watch out for that. <laughs> Underneath those tissues are a uh, bit of a water spill. Now. I need my wonderful daughter, Willow, to help me with this illustration. Now, um, come over here so everyone can see us. Um, Peter was one of Jesus' friends, right? Peter thought he was pretty cool, and he was actually the leader of all of Jesus' friends. He was second in command, two I see. And he came up to Jesus and he said, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother or sister when they sin against me? Seven times? That's a lot. That would be very annoying if, if, your, if your brother or sister... Usually to you guys, usually it's your brother or sister that sins against you, right? Sometimes it's other people. But if they hurt you or if they upset you, you should. Jesus answered, not seven, no. 
How about 77? That just upped it a lot. And that actually, you know what? That's actually a special word. And it actually doesn't even mean 77. It means 70 times 7, which if you do the maths is 490. That's, that just got a lot more than 7 all of a sudden. Isn't that cool? So Jesus is saying there's an upper limit to how many times you should forgive people. All right? But I read this 70 times 7 and I noticed somewhere else in the Bible that mentions this number. This is a special number. It only comes up in the Bible one other time. And it's, it's said by a guy called Lamech. Has anyone heard of him? Might not have heard of him. He was the first guy to have more than one wife. Not a great you know, claim to fame. He was not a good person. I'll give you a hint. He was a villain, all right? And Lamech said to his wives, I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for injuring me. If Cain is avenged seven times, then Lamech 77 times. So Lamech was a bad guy. He killed people if they just hurt him. All right. And that, I would like to point out, is what Jesus was actually pointing to when he used that 70 times 7. He was saying forgiveness is the exact opposite to what Lamech was doing there. Forgiveness is the exact opposite to revenge. All right, and I'm going to tell you why that works. So Willow's going to help me out with it. We have uh, a couple of pool noodles here. These are fun, aren't they? These are so cool. Like, because when, when, you're, when you're playing with these, they're really cool to just go, bonk, ha, <laughs> fun. But then Willow goes, oh, you hurt me. And then what does she do? Ah, she hits me back, but harder. But then I'm like, that wasn't fair. Oh, oh, oh. Now, you can see where this goes, okay? That's revenge, all right? We were getting even with each other. I was started off a little fun, and she went a bit harder, and then she started hitting really hard, and I was hitting her really hard. All right. Now, let's see how that goes if Willow chooses to forgive. I'm sorry. Okay. Now, thank you. Hugs? Oh. Okay. Thank you very much, Willie. That's amazing. Good work. Now, how many times did everyone get hit when we chose revenge? Did anyone count? <laughs> there was at least eight or nine hits in there, wasn't there? All right. Yes. But how many times did people get hit when forgiveness was our, was our uh, strategy? Just, just one? Willow took one hit and then it was the end of it because she forgave. Now, Willow actually got less hits when she forgave than when she took revenge, didn't she? So it's actually still better for you if you forgive. About And as you know, revenge doesn't just get even because you give a little bit more, don't you? When you're getting even with someone, you actually give them a little bit more back and then they feel hard done by and they give you more back and it escalates. And that a lot of the time, people are not hitting each other with pool noodles, are they? What happens if, you know, they're using their fists? Or maybe your gun gets bad, doesn't it? Revenge does not end any place good. That's a bad thing. But you can take less damage by forgiving. Does that sound good? So, no. <laughs> All right. So, can you, do you guys think you'd be able to do that with your brothers and sisters next time? If they hurt you, even if it's deliberate, you will actually be hurt less. Difficult to do, but very worthwhile. Okay, thank you so much, guys. Now, if you guys wanted to head back and um, sit with your parents or do your activity packs, 
I'm going to talk a bit more to the big people. Does that sound good? Thank you so much for helping out. Thank you, Willow. Round of applause to Willow for taking some hits. <laughs> She's a tough girl. Uh, all right. Now, the good thing about that is um, you might think that you need to take revenge on someone because they've actually done something really bad to you. But the other thing that I'd like is actually a really good thing to think about when it comes to feeling like you need to take revenge is this passage here in Romans. Paul says, Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, It is mine to avenge, I will repay. All right. Do you think by taking revenge that you are more just than God? Do you think that you are better at dealing out retribution fairly than God? Of course not. Leave it to God. All right, like if someone has hurt you, all right, the, a, a really good key to actually learning to forgive is actually trusting that God will sort them out. Like, and that's actually a fearful thing as well. Like, if they don't find salvation, God will repay them. Sobering thought, but one that does allow you to let go just that little bit easier because you are not as good at dealing out retribution than God is. And the fact of the matter is, if forgiveness is the opposite of revenge, it's actually a way of forgiving. Sometimes you think, I don't know if I've actually forgiven this person. So I don't really know whether or not I'm still holding on to unforgiveness. But practically, this is, this is the practical part of the sermon, just don't avenge yourself. That's a definition of forgiveness. All right? Cancel the debt. Let it go. Be like Elsa. All right. Now, the other thing you can do, um, because sometimes just not demanding retribution or compensation, that's, that just leaves you with a really bad feeling in, in your heart, doesn't it? You still want to... It still makes you feel bad. But I'm going to give you another, um, another key to how you forgive. If your enemy is hungry... Feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will be heaping burning coals on his head. Jesus knew what he was talking about. Paul knew what he was talking about. This is about forgiveness. Like, they're not your enemy if you don't need to forgive them. Like, loving your enemies, blessing your enemies, and praying for your enemies, that's how you forgive. Isn't that cool? Has anyone ever connected that Bible verse with forgiveness? It's it's actually so practical. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something that obviously Paul figured out that modern psychology hasn't figured out until the last dec- few decades. Fake it till you make it works. Like some, think, some people think it's a bad thing. Now, if you feel resentment and bitterness towards someone, treating them with love, blessing, respect and praying for them will change the way you feel about them. Because a lot of people think that feelings cause you to act a certain way, but it's actually the other way around. You act a certain way and your feelings follow. And that's counterintuitive, but it actually works. Because if you, it's really hard to hate someone just while you're blessing them. It's really hard to hate someone while you're praying for them to be blessed by God. It just, it just knocks the edge off, doesn't it? Oh, that's hard to do. I've had to do this in my past. I'm not going to tell you the story about it, but because some of you might actually know the person I'm talking about. But 
there came a time in my life when a certain man that had authority over me treated me very badly and absolutely knocked the wind out of my sails when it came to all of my self-worth, calling and plans in life. And uh, the revenge I wanted to take on this guy, like I was, the, the places my mind went, it was diabolical. It was, and, but then I, I listened to a sermon by John Bevere where he, he said the same thing. He, he, had, he read this verse and he realised he just had to pray. God told him he had to pray for the people that had hurt him. And the best thing to pray for is to pray for them what you would want for yourself. And if you can think, oh, if, you just, if you can think of someone who has hurt you grievously, and if you can pray, God, Bless them. God, let them just have a year where they are financially prosperous. God, let this guy just have a fantastic relationship with his wife. It's really hard. But it worked. Like, it actually works. Because when you choose to act a certain way, your feelings follow. Fake it until you make it. And when you let them off the hook, you're actually letting yourself off the hook too. All right, so next part, psychological, that's, that's the love. And that's what uh, Jesus said, do good to those who hate you and bless those who curse you. Pray for those who will treat you. It works. Jesus knew what he was talking about. He did it. Now, has anyone been hurt more than being crucified? Jesus did it. While he was on the cross, he prayed for the people that were killing him. And he prayed for their forgiveness. He can do it. That means it's the right thing to do. All right. Now, how do we forgive mentally? So that's the practical way to do it, what you what can actually do, what you can choose to do and how you can act. This is a little bit more about how you can think. I'm just going to read this verse from Ephesians. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the power of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the spiritual realms. Now, when people sin against us, when people hurt us, it's really easy to think like the people are the enemy. Like people are not your enemy. No human being on this earth is your enemy. Even if they hurt you, your enemy is not flesh and blood. It says it in the Bible. People are flesh and blood. All right. Your enemy is Satan. All right. Satan and his angels. And people that people hurt people when they're hurting themselves a lot of the time. Like when when people are hurt and people go through trauma themselves, so many times that is the reason for them hurting you. And when you think about that, you can actually say, you know what, this person is a product of an upbringing, perhaps, that was abusive. Maybe they are the product of, they're just, you know, they are in pain every day and they just want the whole world to burn. Maybe it's a product of some sort of, you know, demonic oppression, maybe. But when you look at it that way, the person that hurt you, they're not the enemy anymore. They're just a tool of Satan. And they are the one in the middle. They're a middleman, all right? So that can actually give you the opportunity to have some empathy for them. Hurting people hurt people. Does that make sense? If you can actually see someone as 
human being, it actually helps you to forgive them. Uh, that I was going to point out a few things about our reading that Inika um, delivered to us. The lady who anoints Jesus with perfume. Now she understood the magnitude of her own sin and she accepted Jesus' forgiveness. And like I was saying about Simon earlier on, he absolutely missed the boat. He didn't know who Jesus was and he didn't receive Jesus. He thought it was all right. He thought it was doing all right. He's like, he, and so he came towards Jesus with an attitude of, I'm doing all right. Let's see what this guy's got. He might have something, maybe not. Can you imagine? But the woman, we don't know her name, she knew exactly what she had done. She knew exactly what she needed. And she actually received Jesus' forgiveness. This is even before he died on the cross and what he was doing before a lot of other people, even a lot of the, um, a lot of the disciples did. And she didn't miss the opportunity to worship Jesus. Man, how, how many of us would just love the opportunity just for 10 seconds to have Jesus here in the flesh right in front of us? But Simon missed it. He let it go. And that's a tragedy. But the woman didn't. She didn't waste her opportunity because she understood the magnitude of her own sin. And so sometimes that's a really good way for us to forgive others. Understand the magnitude of your own sin. <clears throat> and look at Jesus. If you put your, set your mind on Jesus, what the person did to you. All right. How do you forgive someone spiritually and this is where the gospel comes in Bill gave me a really good uh, part of advice a piece of advice preparing for sermons he said it always has to have a gospel in it <laughs> it's fair enough so here it is I'm not sneaking up on you I'm not hiding it I've, it's written up there in black and white the gospel when Jesus had received a drink this is when he was on the cross he said, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. That word, it is finished, you might have come across other people preaching on this. It uh, is a Greek word, uh, tetelestai. It means paid in full. It's uh, to bring, in it, bring to an end, to, comp to accomplish. Now, the gospel teaches us that it is finished. There's nothing more to pay, even for them and for you. Don't, you don't need to hold on to it if you understand that Jesus actually has let it go. He's done with it. Why would you hold on to it if God doesn't? It's finished. It's done. It is paid in full. And, that, and so many times when it comes to forgiveness... And the work of Jesus, it's, it's a financial metaphor, right? Like that bill is paid. Stop holding it over people. Stop holding it over yourself. Because the last way to forgive spiritually um, is to surrender and actually forgive yourself. This is a lot of the, a lot of the time, this is something that gets a bit glossed over in, in sermons on forgiveness. Because a lot of the time you can say, yeah, you know what, some, some people, <coughs> a lot of the time when, when Christians are mature and actually have like, um, been around the Bible a long time, um, they, they get this sort of pseudo kind of humility thing going on. You know, it's, it's sort of like I'm the worst and it's, 
and I can I am so sinful and this is you know how can God possibly love me because they look at Jesus so much and see how good he is which is a good thing but then compare themselves to Jesus and just get really down on themselves and that is actually an obstacle to forgiveness because if you can't forgive yourself you're actually not abiding by the fact that Jesus said it's finished right it is done for it is finished it you cannot accentuate that too much you do not need forgiveness anymore it's finished and so don't hold it over yourself a lot of the time we can be like oh you don't know what i've done i feel really bad about it and i've wrecked everything and i've hurt them and i've ruined the future i can't be forgiven i can forgive other people yeah because i don't deserve it you know but if jesus says it's finished it's finished. All right, believe it. Surrender. Now, that's the that's the body, mind, spirit part of the sermon. If there is anything that is going to enable you guys to move into twenty twenty three with power and providence and um, and love, blessing, this is it. You need to let go of everything that came before. And that's why I entitled this sermon, 2022 is paid in full. It's done. You can't change it, sorry. It's in the bank. It is history. But the good thing is that that also works because you don't have to carry it into 2023. I hereby give you permission to let it go and put into practice a few of the things I've just talked about in how. Now, I promise that we would uh, would answer some questions if if you would like to, and look at that, it worked. That's amazing. <clears throat> I really didn't know whether anyone was going to pipe up, but they did. They did. All right. Can you forgive without it being in person, like for families that are broken? <clears throat> in um. Thank you for the question. Thank you for sending that through, whoever that was. Something that is so good about the other person off the hook, you're actually letting yourself off the hook. Because the truth of the matter is, yeah, some, sometimes um, you, cannot, you don't have access to the people who sinned against you. Um, they might be you know, estranged. They might be dead. They might be overseas. I was actually... To try and keep this short, I actually cut out a, an illustration in the, uh, in the part about revenge. Um, because I had to, I had to this, this actually pertains to this. <clears throat> um, when, before I had kids, um, I was uh, riding home from picking up my wife at the time from work and was stopped at a red light on a motorbike. And we were r- crashed into by a drunk driver from behind, smashed into the back of us. And... By the grace of God, neither of us were hurt. I don't know how. Um, and I don't know how no, no cars were going that way at the time because we ended up across the intersection. But, <clears throat> but this, this guy, um, and also by the grace of God, another person witnessed the crash and got this guy's um, number plate before he fled. He just, he just left. Um, and the police tracked him down. I managed to get onto his, um, the lady that he lived with his landlady, 
And it turned out that, you know, he said, yeah, 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 we'll pay for the bike, it's fine. It was about $3,000 worth of damage in the end. Um, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that, I'll do that. Month after month went by, I found out he was in Indonesia. He was gone. <clears throat> I had to foot the bill for the bike. And no retribution, no compensation, didn't even apologise. And that was it. I just had to suck it up. I didn't. I mean, I was too poor at that stage to have insurance. I didn't, I didn't have. Didn't have much it is for a 24-year-old man to insure a motorbike. It's ridiculous. It's like a third of the cost of a motorbike every year. But <clears throat> that taught me about not taking revenge. I couldn't. I had to cancel the debt. And that was actually something that I had to do for myself. I don't even. I don't even know where this guy is. I'm never going to see him again. Um, I might, might be able to get Isaac to track him down, maybe. But um, anyway, that's all right. But I'm not going to do that because I have forgiven him. But that was for me, you know. It wasn't for him. And yes, you can forgive someone if you never see them ever again because it's for you. It's not for them. It's great if you can reconcile. Reconciliation is a different thing altogether to forgiveness. But if you can... If you can forgive them, that's just letting go of your right for revenge, compensation. And actually, you know, you might not have a chance to love them. You might not have a chance to bless them or reconcile with them, but it doesn't matter because you can forgive them without having any access to them. Even if they don't apologize, you just have to let go of your right for compensation. Um, wow. We're getting political. How could the Ukrainians forgive the ruler of Russia? Wow. Well, <clears throat> I don't know. I've never, I've never been sinned against to the point of anyone, any death being involved. Um, but I know Jesus was. Um, if, and once again, I think it comes down to, you know, if Jesus can forgive the people that are literally nailing him to the cross, then it's possible for us to do it because he's our example. Not easy, not easy. And, but I would imagine that, you know, you guys might have been sinned against to the point of, some, of death. I don't know. And in that case, there'll be a massive amount of grief involved. And as we know, grief has stages. If I was a really good counsellor, I'd remember them off the top of my head. But there is, you know, um, anger, um, denial, bargaining. What's the one before acceptance? Has anyone else been the five stages of grief? There's one other one. But anyway, there's stages. The, good, the fact of the matter is, though, they don't come sequentially and there's no time frame. And so a lot of the... I, I would imagine that grief is part of the process of forgiveness and it does not happen like that. Grief happens over time. And you don't know how long it's going to last, and you don't know what order those stages are going to go in. They may go backwards and forwards. Some people get over things quicker than others, and some things um, are um, harder to forgive than others. But I would, in studying a little bit for this um, uh, for this sermon, I got onto the rabbit hole of um, how the, the the Rwandan genocide. That's fairly close to us. If um, go to YouTube and look up Rwandan genocide forgiveness, um, and I think you'll find the answer about 
Ukraine and Russia. Um, because there is testimony after testimony after testimony of how the Rwandan people, the survivors, forgave the people that literally killed their... That's, that's confronting. That puts things in perspective. Um, and I would recommend you do that. Um, is it, That's all the text. Oh, yeah, look at that. I've got one more. We'll do one last one. Thank you. Um, does fake it till you make it also apply to physical and mental illness? That's where I got it from, actually. <laughs> um, this is a... It is a... Um, it's cognitive behavioural therapy The the process goes, you, your actions are a result of your beliefs um, and your feelings follow. Anything you do is based on what you believe. If you believe that someone has done the wrong thing, you will act in a certain way. Um, even, even down to like uh, the physical and mental illness, um, it's not going to... Look, th th sometimes there's no fixes for those sort of things, but... Your emotions, like your emotions and your um, your beliefs, they can they can be molded by your actions, absolutely. And I actually, and I also got that from um, from studying the um, some of the reasons. Oh no, it was it was a it was a sermon that I listened to. Some of the reasons why the Nazis killed the Jews in the Holocaust. They didn't hate Jews before they started killing them. They hated them because they were killing them. And, it's, and it works the other way around. If you treat someone with contempt and hatred, you start hating them from your heart. And so, yes, it, um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tried and tested psychological technique. Yeah. Um, once again, not easy. It's not a quick fix because, <laughs> well, nothing is really, <laughs> if it's worthwhile doing. <laughs> but... Yes, because so many, so often when you're when you've been sinned against, yes, you have um, damage that has been done to you, um, and that takes time to heal. Yes, yeah, that's okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, look, I I don't believe that um, Jesus, when Jesus tells us to forgive seventy times seven, that he's telling us to enable abusers. Um, there is because when you when you enable an abuser and you are a doormat, you're you're not very useful as a Christian. Um, it. If you are if you are being ground into dust, your your mental and physical health is being affected by being abused, and you are um, completely broken, poor, destitute, whatever, from being taken advantage of. <clears throat> you're not going to be able to serve God very well, and so it takes wisdom. You know, it's and that's why, like, once again, you don't um, you don't need to reconcile with someone. Reconciliation. Is, is not essential. That's not the essential part of forgiveness. You don't have to, all right? Um, God doesn't say, thou shalt live at peace with everyone, just as far as it's up to you. And so, yes, you can have wisdom in that. Like, some people have got a, a, much, a much greater threshold of, of living as a doormat than others. Some people I, I, I know live in circumstances where they are 
faithfully serving God and being treated really badly. Um, and good on them, absolutely. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do it. But it's, um, it's not an essential part of forgiveness. Um, and, and you need to weigh up how effective you are being as a Christian in serving God if, if you're being ground into dust. I think that's probably a heaps. <laughs> and this is it's been it's been good to 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 tackle a a serious topic for a bit. Um, I know a lot of a lot of the times I, I get to talk about the the happy and funny things, but um, but I want you guys to go into this year prosperous, free of all the dead weight. So if you can imagine yourself just um, taking all of those all those sins that you've committed taking all those sins that people have committed against you and just laying it at the foot of the cross where it is finished with and is done with, um, then I encourage you to do that because this year is going to be much, much better if you do. All right, let me pray and then um, I'll invite the band up. Dear God, thank you so much for giving us such a massive amount of wisdom in the Bible that we can follow, that we can learn from and we can improve our lives with and we know that um, you have created us and you know the best way that we work. Um, so Lord, I just pray that um, what we have um, talked about today would become real in our lives, that you would bring refreshing um, freedom today from things that we have been carrying that we don't need to, uh, things that we have laid at the cross but then taken up again. And even things that we need to accept forgiveness for. Lord God, we surrender um, all of these things to you. And we trust that you have done everything to pay all those debts in full. We give ourselves to you now. And Lord, may this year for everyone in this room be prosperous filled with love and healing and overcoming breakthrough because of the power that you offer us when we draw close to you. And we pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Good, good. Thanks so much, Kylie.